Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. I want to go to the Word of God tonight, speaking from the revelation that comes to me from Mark chapter 4 in the parable of the farmer. Uh, Even though we're not going to go to that parable tonight, I want to take some thoughts from that and look at a portion of Scripture in Proverbs. And uh, this week we've just had our C3 conference online. Uh, we, we were online because WA couldn't get in. And there were some things that came out of that that really spoke to me. God used those things to really speak to me. And I, I think there's a calibration going on in God right now where He's recalibrating us to certain things. And here's the first thought, uh, because we often talk about the unlimited supply of God and God wants us into a realm, a realm of unlimited thinking and living, right? But the reality is we have to come to a place where we accept Sovereign limitations. You have been given a measure of faith. You have been given a measure of grace. Actually, most of your resources, most of your energy is not renewable. You're going to get enough energy for that you need for today. That finance that you have in your wallet or your bank account, you get to use it once. It's not a renewable resource. There are certain sovereign limitations that are placed on us. And once you understand the limitations of your grace, once you understand that limitation, you can tap into the unlimited supply of that grace alone. It's one of the big things that I've had to look at in my own world, in my own giftings over the last season. I'm going to call it season, whatever that is, 12, 18 months. But because of the grace given to me, there are certain limitations on me. Within that grace gift, there's kind of unlimited supply for that grace of an evangelist, that grace of a leader, whatever it might be. But outside of that, there are these huge limitations, shortfalls, blind spots, whatever else. And it would be the same for every single one of us in the room. You know, we often say you can be whatever you wanna be. Mm, Not so much. You can be what God has called you to be, gifted you to be, graced you to be. The second thing that I think is being recalibrated by God in our lives, especially when our walks with Him, is this thought that there are dangers, the dangers of autobiographical counsel. You know, often people counsel us out of their own life experiences. And we really warm towards it because often they're ahead of us and we think they're depositing ultimate wisdom to us. And there is a time and a place for that, but autobiographical, biographical counsel can be very, very dangerous. It can trip us up because just because it worked for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you because there are two important things. Context. Context. You know, are you a single person trying to counsel someone who's married? Or the reverse, which is sometimes worse, you're married in counselling a single person because you've been there before. But can I just remind you, it was probably 20 years ago. It was probably a different context. And there was different content in the world at that time. We, we must get to the place where we understand context before content. The danger is the limitation of your own experience. And so, you know, if you have a mature handle on the Word of God, you can counsel a broad range of ages, stages and context. However, the reality is not too many people have a mature handle on the Word. No, I'm not saying that I do. 
I have the best to my ability and there's certainly people in the room with a mature handle on the world. But when it comes to counsel, because during these times, I'm hearing people receiving counsel from others that they are kind of putting on lock and putting into action. I'm thinking, oh gosh, that kind of might even look good now. Even right now, it might even work well, but you're really only going to see the fruit of that uh, five or 10 years from now. Does that make sense? And that's why I would say the Word of God is so powerful in our own lives because Jesus was not a generalist, He was a specialist. He never gave general, he never gave general counsel, He always gave specialist counsel and it had a wealth in it for us to draw from. Um, so the overarching message that comes out of the parable of the farmer that's recorded in Mark chapter 4 and other portions of the Gospel is that the sower went out to sow seed. And the seed fell upon four types of ground. You remember that? And uh, then the final ground is the ground that we are all called to be. We're all called to be good ground. Two, uh, one of the overarching uh, messages that comes out of it is that the greatest hindrance to fruitfulness in our own lives from the Word of God is weeds. Weeds are the problem. I had a neighbour recently that friends of my kids down the road asked me what I did to grow such a lush, nice lush green garden because they just see your front garden. And I said, well, the first thing you gotta do is have fake lawn because that's what I've had. But she was actually talking about the shrubs and whatever else. And she, she thought there must be some, there's gotta be some trick. And she actually asked my wife first and she said, I'll go talk to him because he looks after it. And she wanted to know the trick. I said, well, you gotta water it often enough. I said, don't listen to what you're told out there about 15 minutes twice a week, making your garden lush and green all year round. It just won't happen. They need exactly this amount, at least this amount during those seasons. And then when she found out about the fertiliser that I was using, she said, oh, that's the secret. It's the fertiliser. And as I walked away from that, like we're going to see from this portion of Scripture, the Holy Spirit preached a message to me. Because the, the reality is, as a master farmer, a master farmer will always stay ahead of the weeds. And what I mean by that is that often it takes me 15 minutes to do complete gardening at my house once a month, just going around and using a cultivating rake and getting rid of the little weeds that have popped their heads out. Anyone with me? But if I miss it for one, two, three weeks, uh, one, two, three months, Instead of getting a little cultivating rake to get rid of the seedling weeds, I'm now having to use brute force to pull out these huge almost trees that have grown from these little weeds. As master farmers, they always stay ahead of the weeds. How does this apply to our spiritual lives, you ask? I'm glad you asked. If we'll apply that same discipline to our spiritual lives and have a consistent discipline of getting rid of the weeds when they pop their heads up, They'll never get to the place where they become trees, where even a shovel and axe is not enough to get rid of them. And it won't get to a place where your garden is so overrun with weeds that it's more a field of weeds than a garden of Eden that's been sown with faith, hope and love. Does that make sense? It's interesting that in the parable, the seeds are literally God's thoughts. You know, words are thoughts clothed by human language. And so when you read the Bible, God is not trying to convey a word to you. He's trying to convey a thought to you. Words are thoughts clothed by human language. 
And when those words, those thoughts are sown into your life, they are sown so that they can take root, grow and bear forth fruit. Are you with me? Not all of your thoughts were sown by God. Not all of your thoughts were sown by you. Just like in your front garden right now, there's some things growing in your front garden that you did not intentionally plant in your garden. They were planted by the enemy. They were planted by birds. They were planted by random things taking place. It is the same in your thought life. Not all your thoughts were sown by you. But listen to this. All your thoughts are grown by you. If you don't remove them, you will grow them. You can deal with weeds in your garden at home in a number of ways. The cultivating rake, by hand, even herbicide. How does that apply in your spiritual life? We're gonna have a look at it. We've got to understand that when it comes to thoughts, you cannot overcome a thought with a thought. You overcome thoughts with words by confessions of faith. I'm not talking about positive affirmation, nothing wrong with positive affirmation. I'm not talking about positive mental thinking. I'm talking about the faith confessions that come from the Word of God that can literally shift and change your world. So let's have a look at this portion of Scripture, Proverbs chapter 24. I'm gonna start reading to you from verse 30. It is, I believe, the Message Bible that I'm reading from. One day, I walked by the field of an old lazy bones and then passed the vineyard of a slob. They were grown with weeds, thick with thistles, all the fences broken down. I took a long look and pondered what I saw. The fields preached me a sermon and I listened. Guys, I gave you the wrong, oh, you've got the right one up there. Gosh, they're good. A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this, you can look forward to a dirt poor life with poverty as your permanent house guest. Now let's just pause for a moment because on the surface, you see straight away that there's insight to principles in life and living and how you can prosper and grow your wealth by being diligent. But take a look at this. The preacher walked by a field of an old lazy bones and then past the vineyard of a slob. So he's been past lazy bones vineyard, slob's vineyard. They were overgrown with weeds, thick with thistles, all the fences broken down. Now, I wanna suggest to you tonight that as you look at this portion of Scripture, it wasn't just looking at the rundown vineyards that preached the message. Here's a guy going for a walk in his own neighbourhood. He probably knew these guys or knew of them from being in the community. He would have walked past the lush, green, flourishing vineyards and seen the great harvest that was being prepared there and started to have a look at the great contrast between all the different vineyards. And he said, they preach me a lesson. If you wanna be dirt poor, be, lazy, be a lazy bones. It wasn't just the one, but it was the contrast between the two that spoke to him. I've lost my place, help me Lord. It's the same for you and I today. Have you noticed this, that when weeds grow in your garden, if you've got one of those really meticulous great neighbours that just keeps their garden pristine, have you noticed this? They never come along and pull out your weeds. 
Why is that? Because the boundary for their responsibility, their responsibility ends at their boundary. And it is the same in your own soul life. It's the same in your own thought life. No one else is gonna deal with the weeds in your garden except you. And if you'll stay ahead of the weeds, you allow the promises of God, of faith, hope and love, the seeds sown into your life by the Word of God, by the preacher, by the visiting minister. This weekend was supposed to be our first weekend of visiting ministry. It got canned because of the COVID lockdown. It's gonna happen at the end of the month. It doesn't matter whether it's a regular pastor, didn't Pastor Chris do a great job this morning bringing the Word. When the preacher comes to sow the Word in your life, that's an intentional sowing of faith, hope and love into your world. But it's up to you then to look after that garden. I wanna take a pause in a moment and I really wanna take a pause and ask, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray and just ask God to begin to speak to us, to show us the state of our gardens. Because I did this when I was preparing this study and, and this message and God quickly showed me three gardens. And I, I know there's a whole range of different states of gardens that God could show us in this room. But I think from what God has shown me, that has shown me the most common ones and what we, where we will find ourselves at. And I think it will help you as we move forward tonight. Can I pray with you now? Father, I pray right now that You would show us our spiritual garden, our mind, our thought life, what we are preparing for a harvest right now. And God, I pray that as we receive this Word tonight, that it would give us life-changing handles to hold on to so that we can grow a Garden of Eden harvest in our lives. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Holy Spirit, reveal. In Jesus' Name. The first garden that God showed me was a well-tended garden. In the well-tended garden, it had been intentionally planted with the promises of God's Word. Plants are not fully grown or developed, but they are positioned well, suitably irrigated, fertilised regularly. You are happy with your garden. If you continue to intentionally tend to it, you will have the best garden in the street. Now, let me say this to you. I think as the journey of life goes on, we often get to a place where we know we've been sowing in the things that need to be sowing. We've been operating in the faith zone. We've been doing all the things we need to do. Yet we have this certain dissatisfaction going underneath us. But here's the reality. Nothing is fast-tracked in this era of our lives. It happens day by day, week by week, cultivation by cultivation, irrigation by irrigation. We irrigate the promises of the Word of God in our life through prayer and through worship. We keep it nurtured and fertilised through continually feeding on the Word of God. Even though you may not be happy with where your garden is at, it's on track and if you stay intentional with looking after the weeds, staying ahead of the weeds, you will produce that Garden of Eden experience. God then showed me the untended garden. I've got to read it to you. This garden started out well. It was planted with faith, hope and love. In the early days, it was tended to regularly, but over time, busyness and ignoring the little things have caused unwanted weeds to take root and begin to grow. Currently, it looks overrun, but it's not. Whilst the weeds are competing with the Eden plants, they are yet to be fully established. The, unten the untended garden requires immediate attention. 
Pull the weeds out by the roots. Deal with the offence. Repent of the disobedience. Cut off the unhealthy relationship. Shut off the negative voices. Within days, the Eden plants will begin to draw up the extra supply of nutrients and moisture and a spring burst of growth will appear. Listen, I, I, I do think from when I prayed over this, that this is the common one right here. That, that everything's in its place, but there's just things that have not been tended to. There's some things that need to be cut off. You know, Scripture often talks about dealing with the root of the problem. I, I don't know if you've ever had those really pesky roots that have been overgrown. If you ever bought a property that's been overrun for years and you've got to get in there, it's not so easy just to get in there with a cultivating rake or even your gloves and one of those weed things from Bunnings because they're useless, they bend the moment you put them in the ground. You've literally got to get spades and axes and shovels to get rid of the roots. And often this means you've got to cut it off. What is it that you need to cut off? Is it a relationship that constantly sows the wrong things into your world? Is it a relationship outside of the Word of God? Is it just this feed that comes into your world through whatever media stream or whatever environment and it needs to be cut off because it's constantly sowing weeds into your garden that's taking your time to tend to instead of allowing the nutrients to go to the promises of the Word of God that have been sown into your life? And then finally, God showed me the neglected garden. This garden has struggled from the start. In response to the gospel of salvation, faith, hope and love was sown into the heart and mind, but they have not been able to take root. An over-reliance on God's grace and mercy have caused the garden to neglect, the garden that you had to be neglected and you've neglected your personal responsibility tending to the garden. An unbridled tongue, careless thought life, an unyielded spirit has caused your garden to become a field of weeds. You can no longer see the seeds of faith, hope and love in your garden. You look at your neighbour's garden and see them flourishing and become envious, jealous and even critical. <sighs> they have more, you say. They have it easier, you think but they live in the same street. If you sacrifice the time and put in the effort within a week, you can remove all the weeds and freshly irrigate the soil. Once this is done, you will then be ready to sow the seeds of faith, hope and love in your garden. It's the only way to get the Eden plants established. Remove the garden of weeds and plant the right seeds, the seeds of righteousness. Working the ground is hard. Just ask Adam. He worked by the sweat of his brow because he failed to tend to his garden. He ended up having to work the ground through tireless labour. It's hard to see, to see the state of your garden if it's neglected, but it's possible to change it quickly if you commit to the transformation. Weed it, feed it, nurture it. You will grow an Eden garden. Let me take you back to the neglected garden for a moment. I can remember a time, I was, I was not a teenager yet, so I was a youngster, maybe nine or 10. My uncle had bought a brand new property, built a brand new house. We'd gone there to visit for some kind of gathering and out the back there was this dust bowl and you could see this trench through the backyard. And on one side, there was all this like powder soil 
and on this side was the normal soil of the block that had been cleared. And when we went out to look what was going on, my uncle had sifted his entire backyard this deep through one of those kitchen sifts, I don't know what you call them, to get out every seed that wasn't supposed to be there, every rock that wasn't supposed to be there. It was like, I looked at then even as a youngster and thought, this guy is crazy. But it was the extent he was prepared to go to, to prepare the soil. So what he grew in it was only what he put in it. He actually ended up finishing that, then covering the whole lot with black plastic. In fact, he was covering it with plastic as he went so seed couldn't fall from out the sky or birds or whatever else so that he could grow his garden. I believe that when we come to Christ and repent on the altar of salvation, whenever we come back to Christ and repent and surrender to Him, that God does that to the garden of our heart. You've got to understand in the parable that that farm that Jesus is talking about is your heart and your mind. And He wants to sow into your farm that which will produce a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold. Wherever God shows you you're at, the great news is even if you're dealing with a neglected garden, if you'll commit to the transformation process of uprooting the weeds and preparing the soil, when the seed of God's Word goes in, it will produce a harvest if you stay committed to weeding, feeding and irrigating. Have you got something? Father, tonight I pray that as we come back to this moment, Lord God, on the altar, as we look at this Word that clearly reveals to us that You have preached a sermon to us from the vineyard, that we live on the same street as the person next to us. We sit in the same row. We receive the same Word. And God, You are calling us to step up to the plate and to become responsible for staying ahead of the weeds. God, You talk to us about keeping the birds of the air off our lives, the mocking birds and the picking birds. God, today, help us to grab a hold of this truth from Your Word where we begin to weed our garden, cultivate the soil so that the seeds of faith, hope and love that are planted into our lives can grow and bring forth fruit in Jesus' Name. God, we also wanna thank You for the understanding that comes here in this portion of Scripture concerning stewardship, that wherever we're at financially, from a place of resource, that God, as You, Give us the resource that we can handle and we invest it through labour. We can see it multiply and increase. We have no reason to be jealous or envious of the person beside us, in front of us, or even those that we interact with in the community. Because God, You've given us a measure that we can use and multiply in Jesus' Name. unbridled tongue, careless thought life, unyielded spirit will become a field of weeds. A well-tended garden will become the best garden in the street if you continue to intentionally look after it. 
Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.